Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Duty, top of the evening to you, and welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Today, launching straight in to the NRL Round 16 preview. And if you are after some State of Origin content, uh, well, that is going to be a standalone podcast. Unless you want like a Lord of the Rings sized fucking four hour podcast uh, to have to work your way through, well, I figured let's make it easier. Let's split up the NRL and the state of origin, and just standalone pods. So today, all about the NRL, the state of origin podcast I will be released in a couple of days. So it's on that pod that I'll give my opinions on the teams, uh, thoughts on the game, predictions, things like that. Uh, but there's only one thing in store for today, and that is the round 16 preview. Only five games, uh, given that it is an origin-affected round, Broncos with the bye, Dolphins, Dragons, Bunnies with the bye, Raiders, Titans, and my guys, the Warriors, with the bye. Uh, So who the hell am I going to chair for this weekend? We'll have to wait and see. But five games to get into. There's nothing else to do but get amongst it. The NRL Round 16 Preview. Alright, let's get into it. Friday night opener for round 16 in Townsville. A place where apparently there's room for about 13 other sheriffs because we've got the 14th placed Cowboys fighting for their season. A season that is not done yet, but come Saturday morning, off a loss here and their season pretty much done skis. So it is all on the line here and the Cowboys... Well, look, it's origin period, so they will thank their lucky stars. But still, you couldn't get a much harder matchup than the first place Penrith Panthers. Now, of course, Panthers without their halves. Uh, of course, no Nathan Cleary already through injury. And of course, Jerome Luai out for state of origin. Stephen Crichton also out for state of origin. News just breaking in the last few minutes. Latrell Mitchell officially out of Origin 2, uh, which is more a talking point that I will save for the standalone Origin podcast. So that means Stephen Crichton back in for Game 2, Luai out, Liam Martin, Isaiah Yo, and Brian Toto, all Gonskis this round for the Panthers. So that's going to be, or that's going to see, don't say it, don't say it, Jamin Salmon moves into the halves. Uh, which he actually, coming through the grades, uh, his first position, his preference, uh, is actually in the halves. So he can play back row, can play in the centres, but Jamin Salmon getting a crack in his preferred position alongside Jack Cogger in the halves. Tyrone Peachy comes into the centres for Crichton, and a young gun with a bright future ahead of him, Tom Jenkins, comes on to the wing. Matt Eisenhuth will start at lock with no Isaiah Yo, 
and Luke Garner comes onto the bench for his first game since round four. A player who, coming into the season, a lot of us thought he was going to have a mortgage on that left back row position, but now Luke Garner having to fight just to get into the 17. Zach Hosking is back after being rested last weekend, and Moses Leota named after failing a HIA last week, all this courtesy of NRL.com. Uh, so yeah, a few changes to the Panthers side. Of course, Cowboys with a few changes themselves. Novell Holmes, so young Zach Labutt in the centres. Uh, no Murray Talungi, but Sammy Valme. Uh, well, he had a pretty cracking debut for North Queensland. He'll line up on the wing. There were reports as well. Luke Brooks potentially off to the Cowboys and Chad Townsend on his way out. Although today, those rumours have been shut down, uh, but it is quite interesting. Now, Reese Robson, named to play for the Blues, so Jake Granville will start at dummy half here. Uh, no Jeremiah Nanai either, so Hylam Lukey uh, in the back row position. And Jason Taumalolo, he's back in the side. Very, very timely return there. I also see on the bench Sam McIntyre, who started the year as a Gold Coast Titan, and like Velme, a mid-season transfer to really add to the depth at the Cowboys. Uh, so it should be a really interesting matchup. Uh, looking at the stat attack, thanks to David Middleton and NRL.com, Panthers have won four of their past five games against the Cowboys. And I believe the anomaly uh, in those five games was when the Panthers at the end, maybe last year, of the regular season, they played their complete reserve grade side against the Cowboys, and Cowboys won that. So at full strength, Panthers, it's been a hot minute since they've lost to the Cowboys, but I guess the point of difference in this one is that neither side is at full strength. Uh, Cowboys winger scored, or Kyle Felt, should probably say his name, uh, has scored seven tries in his past six games. Panthers have conceded just seven tries in their past five games. And of course, we know defense, really the nucleus of the Panthers' reign so far. And the Cowboys have conceded over 200 points more than the Panthers after 15 rounds. So that not really a surprise. Cowboys, probably one of the most shocking operators of this season to date. But heading into this game, look, their season's on the line. And I tipped them against the Melbourne Storm a couple of weekends back. They got the job done. But, look, I just remember a little bit earlier this season, Cowboys had back-to-back -back wins. We started to think, okay, maybe now uh, North Queensland are going to start hitting their straps. And then just after they start to gain momentum, they allow the Tigers to put 66 points on them. So, look, there is a long, long way before North Queensland are even a sniff at finals. But there is one thing they have to do to keep themselves in the mix. That is win. They find themselves in a situation here. Win or go home. Whilst on the other side of the park, you have a Penrith outfit, back-to-back -back reigning and defending premiers. And whilst they're top 17, you'd have to say pretty much set. This is a phenomenal opportunity for your Eisenhuths, your Jenkins, Coggers, Tyrone Peaches, to just show Ivan Cleary, hey, if someone in this top 17 does go down, 
I'm your man. So big game for the Panthers. They are going to have a crack at staying on top of the ladder. Whilst for Cowboys, it is as simple as win or go home. And that's why I'm going the Cowboys. Sorry, I'm just having a bit of a fuck around. Um, let me get back to this. Uh, Cowboys. I'm going the Cowboys based on the fact that they're going to be desperate. They know. Win or go home here. And if Panthers were at full strength, there is no way in hell that I'm tipping the Cowboys. Even Panthers, with their origin outs, are every chance of getting it done over North Queensland. Of course, Cowboys missing some of their best. Nanai, Reese Robson, Val Holmes, Murray Taolungi. So it's not like they're coming into this one full strength either. But I just think they have too much to play for. And if they don't show up here, well, they deserve to have their season ended. It's as simple as that. Season on the line. I am going to reluctantly back the Cowboys here. I mean, if we think a couple of weeks ago, how they looked against the Storm, they looked awesome. But after 15 rounds, a general summary of how they've looked most of the year, they have looked dreadful. Uh, So it's going to be a big test. But I'm going to back the Cowboys in. Win or go home, that's the scenario they face. We're locking it in. Cowboys over the Panthers. Up next, we have a competition lightweight who are punching well, well above their weight, doing an admirable job so far, up against a competition heavyweight that are getting dusted by flyweights. A competition heavyweight that limp into round 16. We have the home side, the 13th placed Newcastle Knights, who unfortunately, if they could have got the jobs done last weekend against the Broncos and in that really tight game a number of weeks ago against Penrith that went to Golden Point, Knights win those two games. And I'm actually pretty sure they're in the top four, but they sit 13th. And the effort, the heart that has been on display, well, it's not being rewarded. If you just had a look at the ladder without really viewing any of this season, you could be forgiven for thinking the Newcastle Knights are having yet another lacklustre year. But from my perspective, as someone who actually tipped them to finish last, this side shows up week in, week out. And when they're on, we've seen they take the two best sides in the competition, right down to the wire in the Broncos and the Panthers. So there's a lot to like for the Knights, but unfortunately, I feel like they're going to look back at the end of the season and say, what could have been? They are so, so close to being in that finals mix, but a couple of really devastating losses against the best teams uh, this comp has to offer But unfortunately, a loss here probably spells the end of the Knights' finals chances. So in front of what is going to be a raucous home crowd, Newcastle fighting for their season against the 12th placed Roosters, doing very much the same. Talk, of course, that a clean out is coming. Roosters well below par at the moment. They have a number of off-contract players. Matt Lodge, uh, one of the most likely candidates to be shown the door. And Lodge is an awesome player, but I will say this, his time at the Broncos, Brisbane were never successful. His time at the Warriors, 
we were never successful. Then he comes to the Roosters. He was awesome last year. But again, Matt Lodge, for as great a player as he is, he doesn't exactly have success follow him to the clubs that he goes to. Uh, so looks like Roosters going to be looking to do a bit of a clean out. And at the moment, I mean, they are just a shell of the side that everyone had as premiership contenders. And we've seen a couple of changes as well through Origin. With no Tedesco, Joey Manu shifts to fullback. In the halves, Luke Keary captaining the side. And young Sandon Smith gets a crack in the halves. Uh, not too many other changes. Nat Butcher named in the front row. Uh, Nafahu White in the lock forward position. And Terrell May comes onto the bench uh, in place of Matt Lodge. Now, as far as this game itself, I'm really interested in the halves battle because Newcastle seemingly have worked out their best combination. Gamble and Hastings, when Newcastle are playing their best, it seems to be when Gamble and Hastings are paired alongside each other in the halves. And if last week was any indication of Callum Ponga's return to fullback, well, it certainly looks like that was the right move as well. Greg Marziu, probably the biggest omission uh, from this side here, given that he missed the team bus. And look, I like it. Apparently it was a player-led decision. And look, a team like Newcastle, who were trying to claw their way back uh, into finals relevancy, I love that. I love that the players, look, despite Greg being a hugely important part of their side, uh, that is essentially the Knights showing what their standards are and that missing the team bus is no longer up to standard. So for the Knights, they are fighting for their season. Roosters, oh man, it's hard to tell, isn't it? A win here and they kind of get themselves back up and running again. But I'm actually going to go the Newcastle Knights. This one I have very little confidence in. Uh, Newcastle, yeah, I don't know. I just... I haven't seen anything from the Roosters to suggest that they're just going to click into gear. Form isn't like a light switch. You can't just flick it on and off. When you're in bad form, you've actually got to put your head down and work your way out of it, which we haven't really seen from the Roosters yet, as evident by them getting towed up by the Panthers for what I believe was the second time this season already. So Roosters... We know where they stand as far as the best teams in the competition. And right now, they are flat out even making finals. So for Newcastle, for the Roosters, it doesn't get much bigger than this. The winners, will they get their finals hopes back on track? The losers, well, they may just fall back a little bit too far and have a bit too much ground to make up. So very intriguing game ahead of us. And I'm going to go the Newcastle Knights. I just feel like the Roosters, they still have a lot of improvement uh, to be made before I think they can be anywhere near the Premiership. And whilst I don't have Newcastle as a final side, one thing I'm learning this year is that they will show up and bring the fight to any team. They aren't worried about reputations. And if they were, well, they wouldn't have played like they did last weekend against the Broncos. Away from home, mind you as well. Excuse my squeaky chair. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go the Newcastle Knights. Really, really unsure about this. I, I don't think at this stage you can back either side, 
with confidence, and despite the Roosters sitting 12th, it still is a gamble to go up against a side with that many superstars in the lineup. But I'm going to go Newcastle. I like what I've seen. They are very, very unfortunate to not be much higher on the ladder. And I actually think they're having a season that, at the very least, is exceeding my low expectations. Unfortunately, though, these crucial losses are going to hurt them at the end of the season. They cannot afford any more. This is must win for both sides. I'm going to go the Newcastle Knights. I've seen heart on display. I've seen toughness. I've seen resilience. And I haven't seen any of that from the Roosters, to be honest. I have seen some toughness in the front row, but I certainly haven't seen any heart. I certainly haven't seen a side that are going in and giving it their absolute all for the man next to them. And I have been seeing that from Newcastle. So that swings me in favour of the Knights. I'm going to put this prediction out there before I change my mind. A bit hesitant here. But we're going to go Newey. Newcastle Knights to get the job done over the Sydney Roosters. Next up, a war of water-based creatures. You have the ninth placed, slippery, slimy, and all of a sudden, on a run toward the eight. Out of nowhere, Randy Orton style, the Parramatta Eels, sitting ninth. To be honest, I thought they were a little bit further away than they actually were. Kind of surprised me. I was like, holy shit, here they are. This is kind of where we thought Parramatta was supposed to be. So they're finally getting things going, but in true Parramatta style, the test is to remain consistent. They take on the eighth placed Manly Sea Eagles. So there is a lot on the line in this game. In fact, a position in the top eight is what's up for grabs here. Unfortunately, no Junior Paolo for Eels, no Mitch Moses, who'll be lining up for the Blues, on the other side, no DCE, no Tom Trebojevic, and Jake Trebojevic still out as well. So neither side at full strength, but I just wanted to quickly highlight my X-Factor player. That being the captain of the Eels, a former Seagull, in fact, King Gutho. Clinton Gutherson coming off a hat-trick uh, last round against the Bulldogs. And look, it's funny that he's my X-Factor player given some of the headlines uh, that were rolling around a bit earlier this year, uh, stating that very kind of claim about X-Factor. Uh, but Gutherson has it in spades, especially when it comes to effort. You will not get a more heart and soul player for Parramatta than Clint Gutherson. And they're going to need him because he is the only one that remains from their first choice spine. No Josh Hodgson this weekend. Brandon Hands starts in the number nine. And he's actually the only specialist rake in their 17. So it's going to be a big ask for Brendan Hands. Dejan Arce at halfback had a great game last weekend. And he looks likely to be the one to take over from Dylan Brown in the halves. Uh, Ryan Matteson at 5'8". So look, Eels, we know what their first choice spine is. Gutho, Brown, Moses, Hodgson. They only have... 25% of their spine. But luckily, arguably, it's the most important player in their lineup. That being Gutho, I think he's in for a huge game. 
And for the Eagles, they do still have names like Hopgood, uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard, amongst a couple of others. So they've still got a solid side. I do wonder, though, what the Manly Sea Eagles are going to bring. Of course, no Cherry Evans and no Trebojevic times three. Jake Arthur. Very funny there. Jake Arthur in the halfback jersey. And how about the timing? They let Jake Arthur go, and then Dylan Brown, only moments later, ruled out. I'm really happy for Jake to get a, an opportunity to flourish at another club where there's not going to be dickheads being like, oh, well, he's only in the team uh, because of his father. Well, last time I checked, Anthony Seabold isn't his dad. It would be fucking hugely controversial if he is his dad. Uh, but we'll save that for another day. Schuster and Arthur in the halves. KO Weeks at fullback. And Lachlan Croker captains the side. A Canberra Raiders junior who came through as a 5'8". When he was initially moved into the number 9 for the Seagulls, it seemed to be a very short-term option. Full credit to Lachlan Croker. He has made that position his own. And now he captains the side. Fantastic job for Lachlan and Seagulls still have plenty of strike coming off a game where they almost put 60 points on the Dolphins to take their position in the top eight. You've got guys like Jason Saab, Tolu Kola, a lot of speed on that edge. Uh, Ruben Garrick coming off a hat-trick. Christian Tuipilotu. We know Josh Schuster can produce some magic. You've got some big boppers like Paseca, Sean Kepi, Ola Kawatu. So there's still plenty to like as far as Manly's lineup. But I'm going to go Parramatta here. They've kind of crept up on us. A couple of weeks ago, they were flat out trying to get involved in the finals. Now they sit ninth. Let me just quickly pull the ladder up. But yeah, it seems like Eels just quietly making their run at probably the time where they shouldn't be. Dylan Brown out. No Mitch Moses. Of course, no Hodgson. But they are only one competition point behind Manly. However, they're on 16 competition points, as are the Titans, who from memory will have the bye, as are the Dolphins, as are the Roosters, and the Knights. So if Eels lose here, they're going to drop straight back down the ladder, and it's a bit of a swings and roundabouts moment. Same could be said for Manly, who sit on 17 points, so a win this round would solidify their position whilst a loss is certain to see them drop out. So you couldn't ask for much more in a game like this. There are some star players missing, but the high stakes certainly still there. There is a position in the eight up for grabs. And did I mention these two sides despise each other? So I think we're going to see a physical game. I think we're going to see a very fiery encounter. But as far as my tip, I'm putting it down to my X-Factor man. King Gutho. When this game is going to be looking for an elite, world-class superstar to break the contest wide open, well, with no Turbo, with no DCE, with no Moses, no Hodgson, I mean, someone's got to do it. And who better than the King himself? So I'm picking King Gutho to have another outstanding game and lead this side to a narrow win. Winners, they're in the top eight. Losers, well, they may find themselves in a bit of strife. Taking the Parramatta Eels over Manly.
Saturday night. It's going to give us a game which, look, probably in a non-Origin-affected round, I think we could probably hazard to guess who wins this one. Uh, but with a lot of devastation through Origin and injuries, uh, this is actually a game that intrigues me a great deal. You have the 16th-placed West Tigers at home, Campbelltown Sports Stadium. Unfortunately now, uh, not that this is any surprise, after the first six or so rounds of this year. Uh, but Tigers, we can now put a line through their finals chances. Does that mean that I'm off them? Not at all. It just means 2023 beyond them. Uh, but the way they've turned around, such a disastrous start to the season. And now to be improving week in, week out. I'm liking where the Tigers are heading. Now, obviously, the big news was Luke Brooks uh, rejecting a contract extension. He did get offered less than half of what he was previously on. So I can understand definitely knocking that back. But at the same time, like one of the biggest criticisms was the money that he was on, like being overpaid. So I think it's pretty a pretty fair call on both sides, to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised if Tigers upped their offer a little bit to try and keep Brooksy around, but for both parties, like if I'm Luke Brooks, totally understandable to be getting less than half of what you were on for the last few years, totally understandable to say, hey, I'd like to go test the market, see if I can get a little bit more. Like I doubt he's chasing a million dollars, but I, I can 100% understand where Brooksy's coming from, but I love this from the Tigers. Overpaying stars has been part of the reason they've been stuck at the foot of the ladder. And there was so much talk of Brooksy's overpaid and it's best for them to kind of part ways. Well, I thought, you know, offering him a fair bit less to stay, if you do get to keep him, it's actually a masterstroke. But unfortunately, it's kind of blown back up in their faces. Now what we wait and see is the actual interest on the market for Luke Brooks, who despite his tenure at the Tigers, is a player that I actually rate quite highly. I, I think he'd be better suited to a running 5-8 role rather than being the halfback. Um, but Tim Sheens knows a fair bit more about rugby league and positional choices than I do. Uh, but I feel like Brooksy, if I'm a club looking for a, a halfback, to take us to premiership contention. Brooksy's just not quite that guy, although he definitely could be. I'm not saying that he won't be, uh, but as a number six, I'd find him a much more lucrative option uh, because that way you're not tasking him with taking the side to finals, which he hasn't done so far, and you can just allow him to play his natural game. Now, I've always felt as though wherever Brooks does land, He's going to thrive. So it will be interesting to see how this all plays out. Of course, there are a couple of sides, uh, such as the Raiders, who are on the lookout for a half. So Luke Brooks, we'll have to monitor that. Uh, but he's out of this game anyway. Brandon Wakeham in the seven. And a selection that did surprise me. Stafford Toa, named in the six. Now I wonder if he's got previous experience there. I know he has played fullback. Uh, for the New Zealand Kiwi schoolboys. Um, so he does have a bit of a pedigree 
in the spine, and maybe he has played as a six in the past. But from my knowledge, I don't think I've ever seen him play in the halves. And I made a comment a number of weeks ago that centers was really the positional weakness for the Tigers. That was the area where they probably could do with strengthening. So to take a guy out who was just starting to own that center spot and put him into the halves, I'm not sure about. Really not sure about. So we'll wait and see how Stafford Toa goes alongside Wakeham. Uh, of course, Arpi Corusau out, Luke Brooks out, Corusau uh, with a broken jaw, unfortunately. Very unfortunate incident. Uh, Stefano Yotekamanu is also out. Congratulations to big Stefano uh, on his origin call-up. So Tigers, they are missing a few. I do like John Bateman, named at lock, so playing him in the middle. That allows Sean Bloor to play on an edge. Uh, but most of the outs are on the side of the Melbourne Storm, who sit in third place. They travel to Campbelltown this weekend, looking to keep themselves in the top four and really strengthen their premiership credentials. Now, Melbourne, they're going to be without Cam Munster, Christian Welch, Harry Grant and Xavier Coates through Origin, and they're also without Ali Katoa. So Tarek Sims starts in the back row. Bronson Garlic in the number nine jersey. You've got Jonah Pezzett uh, in the six. George Jennings onto the wing. And Marion Seve keeps his spot in the centers uh, with Olam 18th man. So we'll have to wait and see how that develops. But yeah, Melbourne Storm without most of their big guns. Nick Meany, to his credit, has actually transformed himself into a big gun, so they'll be happy that he's there. Uh, Jerome Hughes, captaining the side. Obviously, he is an absolute superstar of our game. You've still got Big Mass, Tui, Josh King. But, yeah, I think Storm. It's interesting because, I mean, they absolutely flogged the Sharks within an inch of their life on the weekend. But then if you cast your minds back to the game before that, they got rinsed by the Cowboys. So it's kind of hard to tell, like, are Melbourne Storm humming at the moment? Or was last weekend just a bounce back? And at the same time, Cronulla Sharks, I'm starting to go off them a little bit. I came into this year thinking they were major premiership chances. And I think the game on the weekend wasn't just a reflection of how strong the Storm are, but also that there are a lot of deficiencies in the Cronulla Sharks game at the moment. So this will be a great test of where Melbourne are at, although without all their star players, it will be tricky. Thankfully for Melbourne, Tiger's missing some stars as well, so that kind of levels the playing field. And the most interesting battle for mine, I'm keen to see the dummy halves. They aren't the first choices for their sides. You've got Jake Simkin and Talon De Silva. If you've listened to the pod before, prodigious talents, we love them. Uh, on the other side, you've got Bronson Garlic and Tyron Wishart. So these are guys who have to take on a much greater deal of responsibility than normal. And I think whichever of the pairs uh, in the dummy half rotations can really get their games going first, get their forwards on the front foot, give great service to their halves. I think that's going to play a huge role in the eventual result here. And I'm going Tigers. This is another one where I'm just like, what the hell, what the hell is wrong with me? A week of tipping 
the Cowboys, the Knights, and now the Tigers. It's like I'm just trying to sabotage myself in my tipping comp. But to be honest, Melbourne have some guns, but they are missing a hell of a lot. Still no Pappenhausen either, and I just feel like Melbourne in this new era, this second string kind of iteration of their team isn't that strong. All really good individual players, but I feel like this is a game where Tigers can win. It just depends where their heads are at as far as motivation, because they're no longer a chance for finals this year, but I guess the motivation is to avoid a last placed finish. West Tigers improving week in, week out, and they get the Storm at a pretty favourable time. I mean, if you're going to play the Storm, you'd like to play them without the likes of Munster, Grant, Coates, and Welch. So if Tigers are going to beat the Storm at any point, this weekend seems like the likely opportunity. But if you're going to have a punt on this, which I sure as hell am not, uh, not a very smart financial decision to put your hard-earned money on the Tigers, it's like, you know, oh, I spent eight hours making that money and now fucking it got flushed in 80 depressing minutes of pure rubbish football. But that's more like the Tigers of the old. And I'm seeing improvements that encourage me that this is a side on the right track. Now, a great test for this young side will be beating an undermanned Melbourne Storm side. And if they can do it, well, there's another huge shot of confidence and belief for this young Tigers side to take with them on what is going to be a long road back to the top of the competition. So huge game for the Tigers. For the Melbourne Storm, still a lot of motivation to keep their spot in the top four. And also for some of these fringe players to show Craig Bellamy uh, that they need to be in his best 17. Who's going to get this one done? It's actually anyone's game in my opinion. And I was going to swing back toward the Storm. Once I saw Stafford Toa in the six, I just thought, eh, he was doing so well in the centres. Now you've got Naden and Kapoa and Talao off the bench. I, yeah, it, Stafford Toa in the six makes me want to change my pick. Uh, but I don't have a great deal of confidence in this version of the Storm either, respectfully. Uh, but it's not like the storm of years past, you haven't got Cameron Smith anymore, and all the star players that have kind of filled those voids, they're all unavailable for this one, with the exception of Jerome Hughes. And they do still have some key big boys, and Melbourne will be hard to beat. I just feel like after such a torrid run against Melbourne in recent years, if there is any time that the West Tigers can come away with a victory, it's this weekend. So we're gonna lock it in. Very reluctantly, once again, West Tigers over the Melbourne Storm. All right, last game of round 16. And I must apologize, I've kind of skimmed through the games this round. It's more so that there's just so bloody much going on at the moment around the NRL. Uh, nothing more so than State of Origin. Uh, so I'm going to focus a lot of my energy on a full-length State of Origin preview to come out in a couple of days. Uh, but I do apologize. Usually for the previews, I like to go a little bit more into the contest itself. 
Uh, but yeah, five games this round. We're sitting under the 40 minute mark at the moment, so yeah, I don't mind the idea of putting a shorter one out today. And of course, I'll be talking about all the action from round 16 this Sunday after the games are completed on the weekend wrap, which coincidentally was also short format uh, on the most recent edition, just given that the games finished on Monday. So I was already kind of on the back foot, uh, but on Sunday, it'll be back to full analysis. And yeah, today, still a bit of analysis, obviously. I just, I went through things a little bit faster. Now, next up, we've got the fifth place Cronulla Sharks. Are their premiership hopes done after conceding 50 points? History would suggest yes. Uh, but this is a team that I don't think are going to pay too much attention to that history. And in fact, they'll be looking to make history of their own by winning the premiership and finally putting that stat to bed. But so far, the stat of if you concede 50 points in a game during the season, you don't go on to win the premiership. Well, so far, that history holds up. Opposing the Sharks this weekend at points bet on Sunday, the 15th placed Bulldogs. Very spirited season, but yeah, finals beyond them this year. I love where they're heading though, as I say every week. And I did see some news today. Cameron Seraldo meeting with Matt Lodge. Nothing official there, but maybe just having a bit of a chat. That would be a very interesting development if uh, Matt Lodge was to head to the club. They could certainly do with a bit of extra firepower in the middle, but we'll have to wait and see. And of course, with Trell out of Origin 2, Matt Burton, who was named captain and halfback in this game, uh, he's now on 18th man duties for New South Wales, so he's out of this one. As for who comes in, no Josh Reynolds on the extended reserves. They do have a couple of options. The most unlikely would be New Brown, who has played in the halves. Uh, you've got Khaled Rajab, who's on the bench. I think he's most likely to come in to the starting side. Very promising young talent. And you've also got Kyle Flanagan in Jersey 20. And if you checked out the performance highlights over on our Instagram, at Not Just a Sports Report, you would have seen that Round 15's Knocking on the Door nomination was none other than Kyle Flanagan, a halfback turned dummy half at New South Wales Cup level, four tries, as well as a bundle of other impressive statistics. I believe they flogged the Eels, reserve grade side. So Kyle Flanagan, four tries. If that ain't knocking on the door, I don't know what is. And with Matt Burton now out, I believe that performance surely is enough to see Kyle return to the first grade setup. Not too much on the line for the Bulldogs here, other than just showing their fans that they are still invested in putting in great performances. But it's just kind of at that point in the season now, where as we get a little bit deeper, uh, these sides down toward the bottom of the table, it's going to be a little bit tougher to really motivate yourself and get yourself up for these games. However, I just feel like a Bulldogs team, with some of the leaders that they have, with guys like Cameron Seraldo leading the charge, and even guys like Willie Mason as a part of the staff, it's not in the Bulldogs' DNA to just roll over. So they are going to show up and give it a red-hot crack. I know that for sure. Uh, but for Cronulla, they have been awful 
They have straight up been awful. And this is a side, you look at them 1-17, to not a single player out through Origin now that Nico Hines out of the Blues setup. And only about three weeks ago, I thought this was going to serve the Sharks brilliantly through the Origin period. Well, they've dropped back-to-back games. They lost the Broncos one where they just never looked in it. And then they got absolutely dicked to fucking hell. It's the best way I can put it against the Melbourne Storm. And if you listened to my preview last week, I couldn't quite articulate it, but there were a lot of things that were alarming me about the Sharks. A side that I had firmly in premiership contention. And I just feel like Melbourne were able to pinpoint all these deficiencies and completely expose Cronulla. So now for the Sharks, they've almost got to tear down the season and start again. Luckily for them, they are in fifth place. And like I said, no outs through origin. So they are full strength and there is absolutely no excuse here. If they can't get over the 15th place Bulldogs, well, Sharkies, it's going to be a tough rest of the season. However, despite conceding 50 points, they're still going to be in the mix, no doubt. I don't know if they're going to go all the way. History suggests no. Uh, but Sharks are still a gun side. And my point of difference here, the bounce back factor. Doggies looking for a bounce back of their own. Uh, but of course, shortish turnaround. Less than a week between games. Whilst for the Sharks, I mean, coming off a loss like that against the Storm, that requires a response. And I think that's exactly what we get. Full strength Sharkies. Like, you've got to get this one done. You've got Mulatalo, Katoa, absolutely prolific try scorers on the wing. Will Kennedy in career best form? You've got Nico Hines, your main man. There is not a single player, not even Cam McInnes, not even Dale Finucane, not a single player in their best 17 that is unavailable here. So they need to get it done. No excuses. And I believe they will. I think coming off some really dreadful performances, it makes total sense that we're going to see a significantly better version of Cronulla. So I'm going to lock in the final pick of round 16. I'm going to take the Sharkies over a spirited Bulldogs outfit. And with that being said, that is the round 16 preview done and dusted. A bit shorter again this week, but only five games. And now... We can turn our focus uh, to State of Origin and, of course, the weekend wrap. So, still plenty happening this week as far as rugby league content. There'll be a few things going up on our Instagram at Not Just a Sports Report. Uh, We're going to have the State of Origin preview podcast, which should drop uh, Saturday or Sunday at the latest. And then, of course, the weekend wrap podcast, where I'll talk about all the action from round 16. Outside of that, though, that is completely the podcast, done and dusted. I can't even speak English, so seems like a perfect time to call it a day. As always, thank you so much for listening. Very much appreciated is your support. And until the weekend wrap podcast, have a fantastic week. And most importantly, enjoy the footy.